and welcome to Shop Talk, the real estate show. I'm John Forche, and on this episode, I'm joined by David Childers, VP of Content and Marketing at Keeping Current Matters. John, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So for those who may be unfamiliar with you, what does Keeping Current Matters do? So Keeping Current Matters, we really um, want to give agents the content and the tools to position themselves as the expert in their market. So everything we're doing is going out and finding out what's happening in the market, writing, researching, and delivering uh, done-for-you tools so that agents can then uh, use those in their business. Great. So you're, you're kind of the, um, the research department for working agents. You know, some, some have said that. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I was talking to a couple of agents two weeks ago, and, and two things came up. Um, one, we save them time where they don't have to go out and do all the research. Uh, and two, we take competing sources. So interesting fact of 2018, the Webster Dictionary word of the year was misinformation. And if you think about <laughs> the world that we live in, there's a lot of truth to that. What we're trying to do is cut through maybe some of the misinformation that's out in the market, but really give agents the tools they need. So one, they can position themselves as the expert, but two, so the buyers and sellers they serve can feel confident when they make a decision. Great. So what was the career path that led you to Keeping Current Matters? Well, how much time do we have here? <laughs> a few days? Or? Yeah, yeah, we've got a few days. Go ahead. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, uh, my story, I've always worked for authors and speakers, content providers, and really the real estate mortgage and title business. Um, in late 2005, I sold a business and then consulted for about five years. And in 2006, I met Steve Harney, who's the founder of KCM, Keeping Current Matters. And uh, at that time, he had just sold his 500 agent real estate company and wanted to um, uh, find a way to give back to agents. As the next few years progressed, obviously, we went into a, a challenging time uh, in the real estate market in this country. And that's where KCM was birthed, really giving agents some of the answers to some of the questions based on research of what they needed to go out and do. Hmm. And, uh, and now for the past 11 years has grown to thousands of agents that use us every day. Um, whether they read the KCM blog or they're a member of KCM, uh, to communicate those, those facts to, you know, everybody they're serving. Wow. That's great. So what is it about real estate that you find interesting? Well, you know, the thing that I love at its core is we get a chance to help people, um, uh, achieve the American dream. Right. Um, and, so being a part of uh, a business where we, um, certainly as KCM, but we as agents are able to help people with that purchase and a, you know, a bedroom for a son or a daughter, a first home for someone uh, is, a, is a powerful thing. Um, we also believe that, and certainly it's, it's backed up by any study that you read, that's the, 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 the truest way to build wealth uh, as you, you, you know, go along the life's journey. So just being a part of that, being a part of a company that um, helps people learn, grow and get better is what I wanted to be a part of in my career path. And so for that in the intersection of real estate is, uh, is something that I love. 
Okay, so let's get into it. What are some of the latest findings at KCM? Well, uh, you know, when we talk about latest findings, I think there uh, there are a few things right now um, that we are looking at. One is just answering the question, how's the market? Um, and, and what's happening with home prices? What will happen this year? I can tell you, um, you know, we're, we're on a podcast today, but if, if you go to the KCM site, you can see uh, the surveys of the top leading uh, forecaster of rates, which are, you know, National Association of Realtors, the Mortgage Bankers Association, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, you know, people that we're looking at, and, and everybody says we're looking at this year probably anywhere from the, the high twos to 4% appreciation. So that looks really good. When we look at transaction volume, um, that's forecasted for this year to be at or above 2018. So we see appreciation, we see volume growing or, or, or at the very least remaining where it's at um, and a very, a very healthful, healthy market returning to somewhat of a normal market, uh, which is, uh, is a little bit of change from what we've been in the last few years, but, but certainly something that um, I think uh, a lot of folks uh, have in the past wanted um, and now we're getting it. So it's becoming more of a normal market. And in the past few years, it's been growing too fast almost. Sure. I mean, I think the, 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 the thing that we know about the market in the last few years, the, the number one or two challenges at times have been inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other has been just some, some, some pretty quick appreciation leading a lot of people to say, are we, are we heading back into a bubble? Um, what we're seeing is, is, not appreciation going away, but appreciation slowing. And we're seeing more homes come on the market. So the things that we saw as challenges, you know, a year or two ago are, are starting to, to turn a little bit and, and actually giving us what we, what we wanted them. So for the people who say that we're heading into another bubble, you are saying, no, we're slowing down to be more of a healthy growth, right? Sure. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's a big question is what, yeah. Um, the question that we hear a lot of times is, Hey, I hear, um, that it's easier to get a loan today than it was 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, are in that, what caused ultimately the downturn, uh, 10 years, 10 or so years ago. And, um, it's, it's a question that's out there. There's, there's a lot of, um, articles and, and media written about that. I can tell you uh, what we look at is the mortgage credit availability index, um, and we're, we're here, um, if I could show a slide, I would, but it's nowhere near levels, uh, 2007, 2008, um, and, uh, or a fraction of that. Now, certainly a pendulum in lending swung pretty, um, wide, uh, of a correction following the downturn and it's come back to that. But, but the quick answer is, um, we're nowhere near that. The other, the other question that comes up is, um, it's been reported that cash out refinances as a percentage of refis in this country are at the levels they were back around 2007 and 2008, which as a percentage is correct. What I can tell you is the amount of, of uh, cash that's taken out of homes, harvested equity is nowhere near what it was uh, back in 2008. It's again, a fraction of it. So what we see right now uh, across the U S is again a, a very normal market, a soft landing, if you will, for the housing market, um, and, and no signs that we see right now of it being a, you know, a, a re uh, reenactment, if you will, of 2008. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's welcome news. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but the reality is, is 
as we talk about that more and more, the thing that is in buyers and sellers' minds is the most recent recession or sure. economic downturn. Uh, and so we believe in the market today, that's a narrative that as agents, we need to be in front of. We need yeah. to be telling that story versus, um, uh, you know, that being told for us in the media. And, sure. and the truth is, regardless of where you stand politically, coming into an election cycle, we believe both sides of the aisle in that case will use that information uh, to, to try to, you know, give their candidate an advantage, regardless mm-hmm. of what that means or if it is correct about our market. So are there any surprising markets right now? Anything out of the ordinary? Well, when we look uh, across the country, uh, things, again, appreciation looks very normal. Um, we are starting to look at a couple of markets in California um, that uh, could be different. And I don't think that's anything different than what um, historically has been uh, unique to California. Uh, San Diego uh, is a market that we've looked at. San Francisco is one as well that uh, may at some point see uh, some sort of uh, slowed growth, uh, maybe maybe even uh, transaction volume slow. We don't believe right now that that would be an indicator of what would happen across the country. Um, okay. These are unique markets that um, that are dealing with some of their own, uh, own issues and, and things they have going on. So how, how can you tell the difference between whether it's just a, sort of a, a weird outlier market like maybe San Diego or San Francisco versus, yes, this is an indicator of a downturn mm-hmm. on the way? A large, it, it gets into another topic, but a large indicator of that is affordability. Um, and what does it take to buy a home? When we look at the U.S., um, predominantly across markets, and this is something that's been debated in the market, um, and it's calculated several different ways. By and large, across the U.S., affordability is still uh, still very good uh, by, by the, the, the indicators that we look at. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at a market that, that could be slowing, affordability could be challenged, and you take external forces in the market, meaning tax issues, things that, that are happening, and you say that that could lead to something um, to, to some consequences in that market that would be beyond, uh, you know, what may happen across the country. So I think you're looking at, at, at things in some of those markets that could be, you know, a, a perfect storm of sorts. Yeah. And, and to your point earlier about the, the market sort of cooling um, mm-hmm. to more reasonable levels, San Francisco and San Diego, both at least over the past decade or so have had outrageous housing sure. prices. So sure. yeah, that's a, that's, it's, that's a challenge I mean, oh, yeah. outside of anything in the market. Uh, those are challenging markets. Yeah. And here we're based in Denver. Uh, the Denver market, I constantly hear about, oh, it's plateauing. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's going to, you know, go off the edge. But um, mm-hmm. I think it's just the last few years we've gotten used to houses selling in less than a week, going for way above asking price. But that's not sustainable long term. Sure. I mean, the, the, the market certainly... Uh, is is coming in for like I said before a softer landing yep. and something that we believe will um, will carry out. I mean, when you take those predictions and carry them out over the next few years, um, we still show growth in the market um, from appreciation uh, and volume uh, for the next you know twenty four eighteen months uh, beyond that. Great. Yeah. yeah. So my next question was going to be, how do you think an impending slowdown would affect today's market, but it sounds like, um, you know, more inventory and we're still seeing growth. So potentially sure. not too bad. Yeah. Um, I think the, 
we talk about a couple of things in that. One is when 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 we talk about uh, slowdown, we're really the, the word that is used is recession. Uh, the, the the technical definition of recession is two consecutive quarters with slowing or, or, or negative GDP. And so when you talk about an economic slowdown versus a recession, people think about two different things. When you say recession today, people go back mentally to 2008. Right. When you say economic slowdown, um, people go, okay, the economy is going to slow down. Now, um, there's a couple of things about that. We would recommend that agents use the term economic slowdown, not in a way to sugarcoat or to be misrepresentative of the facts, but to be accurate and understand when someone hears recession, you can't control what they think. Right. The second thing would be um, when you talk about um, economic slowdown, from what we see, we don't see that impact. It will impact values, no doubt. We don't see homes or uh, real estate in this country losing value. And to that end, we went back and we looked at the last five recessions in this country going back to the to the 80s. Um, three out of the five had positive appreciation in home values. One had the slight dip in value of about 1%, right at, you know, almost even. And then obviously we have 2008, where we have a significant reduction in home values. So we believe that, uh, that, that if, you know, history is an indicator of, of what's coming is that it probably will not have a negative impact on home values. Um, but, but people believe it will. Um, and, uh, and so we want to get out in front of that and use the information to educate buyers and sellers in the market of, of what, you know, what's actually out there. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting when you get into it and you know, the, the, the interesting thing too, with, with, with the talk of recession is ultimately, you know, what, you know, how many homes are going to sell? What what are interest rates going to do? And we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know that, but everything that we can see is that it would be favorable. It, you know, economists are predicting that we will come into a, an economic slowdown here. Most we've got the research to back it up um, would say now sometime in 2020, the leading indicator that they um, give for that are things around economic policy, things that are, you know, kind of geopolitically out of our control on some yeah. level um, the housing market in the, in the most recent survey ranked number nine, meaning it, they don't see that as a leading indicator of what would cause that. And the, the, the reason there's talk of it today is that we are in the, one of the longest prolonged economic cycles of the U.S. And so we're saying, or what we're reading is it's going to happen because we haven't had one recently. Hmm. So that's, that, that's an interesting fact. I'm not saying that, they're wrong or they're right, but that's the basis of their argument. What would you say to an agent who might be nervous about a slowdown based on these geopolitical decisions that are completely out of their control? You know what? I mean, if somebody is just so disturbed by what's going on with politics that it's affecting their job or maybe their outlook of their job. I mean, what do you, what do you do? I, I, I wish I had some words of wisdom <laughs> in that case. All I can say is, if you're what we tend to do 
in this business is we tend to think this is what's going to happen. Uh, we, we all have, uh, you know, an uncle that we go to, a you know, a, a family celebration at and they've got everything that's going to happen in the real estate market. They're going to tell you what, what the deal is going to be. Um, right now, if you're going to believe what experts are saying, and they say there's one on the horizon. So we're saying we're going to believe that. Okay. And that's bothering you. What you also have to believe is, is that those same experts said it will not be caused by the housing market. Mm -hmm. You have to then go and say, which we've done the work for you. What happened in previous recessions? Okay. I understand that. And I just went over that. Yeah. And then two, what are experts saying about 2019, 2020, and 2021, which again, we've done the research for you. All of those show growth. So you cannot, what, what we tend to do as people, and I do this, all of us do it in every area of our lives. We take an element of information and we hang on to it, but we don't pick our eyes up to see the broader picture. And if we want to, you know, if, if we're up, uh, you know, afraid about things that are outside of our control, it could affect the economy. It's a losing battle. But if we're willing to take a look at what is all the information that I can gather, and, and I think it, 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 it goes back to the first question you asked me, what do we believe as KCM? We believe the educated and informed agent wins in any market. We're not going to give you information every day and every week with rose-colored glasses. If we need to tell people, hey, it might not be the right time for you to buy a home, we want to say that. But if we want to also say, hey, here are the facts about the market, we're going to say those as well. And right now, from what we can see, um, if it does happen and, and you know, experts you know, say it's coming, we don't believe it will be something that is caused by the housing market or has uh, anywhere near uh, some type of effect of 2008. But, but we all have to realize it. And the more important thing is, is if an agent is crippled by that, I'm going to use the word crippled. You didn't use that, but you're very concerned. Think about what buyers and sellers are thinking. So exactly. really our job is to get out in front of that narrative and help them see that. Because another question comes up is what if my buyers and sellers aren't asking me that? Do I bring it up? Right. A lot of folks would say, I don't know that I want to bring that up. Um, we believe you should in the sense of helping to show them, hey, here's what is, is, you know, I'll bring you the latest information. Here's what's coming up. After the break, we talk about why visuals matter for your business and what to do if your design eye is blind. The CE Shop Foundation was founded in 2014 with the goal of eliminating childhood hunger. So far, we've fed over 48,000 children, and with your help, we can feed even more. On June 2nd, we'll be riding and fundraising in the Elephant Rock Cycling Festival in Castle Rock, Colorado. To join our team, whether as a rider, fundraiser, or enthusiastic fan, please visit eliminatingchildhoodhunger.org. Okay, so I'm going to pivot now. Um, we've sort of covered the market, today's market. Let's mm -hmm. pivot to visuals. Why, yeah. are, why are visuals so important for communication? Oh, gosh. Um, so I'll give you a quick scenario. Sure. Okay. There's an old story about um, a round plane, a figure whose boundaries consist of points equidistant from a fixed point. You know what that is? You ever heard that story? I have not. A round plane figure whose boundary consists of points equidistant from a fixed point. I don't know how mathematically inclined you are. 
<laughs> oh, geez. I didn't know we were getting to math. But I can tell you that. That's a definition of an object that you see every day. And it's a circle. Okay. So if you think about that, if I want to communicate something to you, I can give you the definition or I can look to use something that helps me simply and effectively accomplish what I'm talking about. I can, and again, we're on a podcast here today, but, but if anybody wants to go to keepingcurrentmatters.com, we can grab all these slides, see them. But I can tell you, hey, here's what we've seen in the last five recessions. I can give you a slide to put in front of your clients. It'll blow them away. Where it's, it's easy to understand. So we believe that as we build concepts and topics, we want to be able to simply and effectively communicate those and, and visuals help us do that in, in the world that we live in. So basically a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how can real estate agents use that in their business? We provide a lot of tools to do that. Um, and, and I think by and large, I'll talk about one area where I think that agents can do something different to get a better result. We believe most agents that are qualified by the time they sit down at the kitchen table and they're talking with a you know, potential uh, buyer seller, someone putting their home on the market. Um, if they have an organized presentation visually, and certainly we provide those for you, if you don't have that, um, they will do very well. Okay. If they're organized at that point, probably the area of this today is what I'm going to talk about uh, in a pre-appointment appointment. Let's call it that. Let's say you're at a basketball game or you're at a function uh, and somebody asks you a question. Do you have information on your phone that you could pull up maybe a slide that I just referenced? And somebody says, gosh, I don't know what, you know, it, it, I just read an article saying, you know, this market's going to tank. And you mentioned the Denver market. Well, do I have the information quickly in today's world to be able to show them, you know what? I hear that a lot, but let me give you the truth about that and show that to them. Mm -hmm. So I think using imagery with technology and listen, we can put everything we want to on our phones today. We don't have any problem putting you know, pictures of dogs and cats and what we ate last night and everything on, on a phone. And, and we ought to start doing that as well with our business. So design is unfortunately not a strong suit of a lot of agents, sure. uh, even though design tools are more accessible than ever. Right. Uh, how would you advise an agent to honestly evaluate the quality of their visuals? Wow. Um, you know, I think, I think for any of us, you have to look at it and say, what are, as an agent, what am I going to stake my claim on? Um, am I going to stake my claim on design? Um, most agents, unless you understand, you know, Adobe or, or some particular, um, program and you mentioned the ones that are, you know, that are accessible are probably not going to, to, to base their worth on that. And nor am I arguing they should. Um, but no doubt it helps make an impact on the market. So we believe that, that again, I'll go back to the educated, informed agent wins and have a great design partner, whether that be things you're getting from the organization, things that you get from us. I and mean, we, we provide all this design for $24 a month. I mean, it's, I look at it in, if people don't use that, it's not because it's not affordable. Um, they can get all that. So I, I would say whether it's us or someone else, have something or a resource that you trust that gives you that great design. Okay. So you, you sort of talked a little bit about what KCM actually offers. Um, sure. You want to give us a, a rundown of it? 
Sure. So um, we there's two elements to KCM. So we have the membership that we talked about, um, and that is uh, comprised of a number of different things that I'll, I'll talk about in just a second. But we also have the KCM blog. So um, you don't have to be a member of KCM to sign up for the blog today. You can go in and uh, and get that post in your email box every single morning. So we write a, write a uh, blog that's written by, I mean, it's uh, read by tens of thousands of agents every day. Probably the most widely read real estate blog out there. If there's one more widely read, I just don't know about it. Uh, inside the membership, you get the ability not only to share the KCM blog, but all the other tools personalized to you. So one thing that we realized is you may share an article on Facebook and then somebody goes to CNBC or another news source to read that article. This will KCM brings that person onto your site to read that article. Um, we provide quarterly buyer and seller guides for open houses, leave behinds that you can use. We do a monthly market report. A lot of the things we've talked about today are contained in our agent facing monthly market report. What's happening across the U.S. so that you can answer the questions when they come up simply and effectively. Um, where we, each week we create a video that summarizes a quick element of the market or what's happening uh, that you can share again on any platform that you have on social media, on your website, uh, any way uh, that you like. So we're building tools and resources to communicate current elements of the market in a lot of different ways. And how does your team decide what to write about? So we, we have a team of three writers um, and researchers that uh, we meet weekly and look at everything that's out there. And we, we kind of ask a couple of questions. One, what do we need to talk about right now? What's most important for an agent? Um, you know, with, with, the, with the members that we have, we hear from a lot of people, I'm getting this question or this is coming up. And so we use a lot of that. Um, but we also look at what's, what's happening and what do we need to talk about? Um, and so you can go back and, and again, look at the KCM blog and just see kind of a mixture of, of things that are out there that we want to give, um, uh, agents, uh, the setup with their clients so that they can share great information that then, uh, sparks a conversation they might be able to have with that buyer or seller or, or somebody who's contemplating doing that in the future. Great. This next question is one I asked of all of my guests. Yep. If you could go back to the beginning of your career, what's one thing you would have done differently? Well, easy. I would, I would have applied myself more in school. Hmm. No doubt. I, um, I was not a, um, a star student growing up. Um, matter of fact, I, I tell my kids a lot that I had a meeting one time with a teacher when I was in middle school and I, I told this teacher, I said, you know, I'm really going to hunker down right now. I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to start doing my homework. I'm going to start, you know, taking this seriously. And she said, David, at this point, you need to turn over a new tree. You know, it's not going to be just a leaf to, uh, <laughs> to, to get that right. And so it's always, it's always stuck with me, but, but no doubt I would have, um, I would have, uh, applied myself earlier. Do you think it would have changed your career trajectory? I, I would, I would hope so. Um, <laughs> I think the, um, the, the interesting thing is you'd asked me earlier about career path. I, um, you know, as I went through uh, school and then and then college, subsequently I went to Georgia State University. And um, coming out of school, my wife and I got married, uh, and I went to work for an author, a leadership author, um, named John Maxwell. And um, I, it was kind of ironic that I, you know, had struggled in school, and now I'm working for this author. 
but the really inside of that birthed the passion for me for growth and development. And, uh, and I learned that I could apply the learning that I had. Um, and I see it, you know, certainly not about this, but I think school today, um, one of the things I struggle with and I think kids struggle with is how am I going to use what I'm you know, being taught? And, uh, and, and I hope that if I could have, uh, realized that earlier, I could have, um, I made different decisions. Yeah. It's an interesting topic that actually keeps coming up on episodes of the show, uh, which is, you know, kind of where is education headed? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it seems almost like that generalized learning, the, you know, the classic, all the kids in calculus wondering, are we ever going to use this in life? Um, sure. I wonder if that's going to be a thing of the past, if it's going to be more specialized, uh, learn exactly what you need for your career and become very, very good at it. Right. Right. I think the, you know, I'm sure everybody, and I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions on that and probably well, much more well-informed than I am on it. Um, I can tell you as a father of three children um, that my wife and I have raised, I would say fairly similarly, um, they each have their own unique need. Um, my oldest is um, really got his head down and he does everything he needs to do. And, you know, he's, he's the typical student that school is built for um, and, and does that our youngest son um, is different in that way, has different gifts, different, uh, different ways that he's been wired um, and, and needs to pay attention a little bit more, you know, and, and, and has some things that he needs to work on. Um, but I think it's, this is no different than what we do every day. And on our teams is can we match people where they're gifted to where, what we need to have happen. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with school in uh, in our youngest, she's coming up and I think is a mix of the, of the first two. But at the end of the day, we have a solution in education that's supposed to fit each one of those um, uh, types of personalities. And, and I think there's a lot of people that are realizing, you know, it may be something different uh, that's needed for, you know, for my son or daughter uh, that, that's growing up today. Definitely. And I mean, here at the CE shop, that's something we, we often struggle with is how do we build a course that can appeal to everyone? You right. know? Um, cause people do learn differently. So yeah, no, no doubt. All right. So if anyone listening would like to learn more about keeping current matters, what should they do? Go to trykcm.com. You get a free 14 day trial. You don't have to, um, uh, you know, start uh, a subscription or, or become a member. You can check everything out uh, and it not cost you a dime. You can sign up for the blog. You can go to KCM blog and get the blog in your email box every morning. Um, and, and, and that's free, that, right? That by, yeah, absolutely. That by itself will help you understand everything that we're talking about. And, and I would say whether it's, if you don't subscribe to the KCM blog, you don't become a KCM member. Find somewhere that you're getting your information from uh, and, and make sure that, again, going back to what we talked about before, uh, the word of the year in 2018 being misinformation, make sure you're getting it from an accurate source. What would you say to the agent who, who thinks they don't need a, a source like that? You know, they're so well informed. They don't need someone else telling them what's going on in the market. Well, I don't know that I'm, I'm equipped to, to tell them what they need to do. I'd say ask your customers, where do you get your real estate information from? Now, I can tell you what they would answer. And it's going to be the news at night. It's going to be from their friends. It's going to be from, from 
you know, outlets they read, they're consumer facing. That's where the majority, overwhelming majority of um, consumers, we get our information. So what, what we're really geared toward, the, the, the tools and resources that we build uh, are written to the consumer. And, and really, you get down to a philosophical point here that we believe agents should position a lot of those resources as, hey, you don't have to just hear it from me. Look at what experts are saying. I know you just read this article that says this, but let's look at what research shows us and, and then make your own decision. And then, oh, by the way, we work in, in you know, data and information at the macro level across the U.S. Um, we then believe the, the, the power play there is combining that with local information, like you said, the market in Denver. What's, so here's what we see happening across the country. And here's what we believe is going to happen in Denver over the next, you know, whatever it is, eight or nine months or to here to the end of the year. Awesome. Well, great, David. Thank you for joining me. You got it, John. I'm glad that uh, you invited us on and uh, grateful for all that you guys do to help folks uh, stay educated in the market. That's it for this episode of Shop Talk. Thanks for listening. If you love what you heard, you can subscribe to us on your podcast player of choice and leave us a review while you're there. Reviews are a great way for new listeners to find our show. Join us next time for an episode all about the importance of giving back to your community. Shop Talk is a production of the CE Shop. Shop Talk.